It is time for a nostalgic blast of fear from the past. Gather around, everyone. It's time for a scaredy chat. That kind of rhymes. Welcome to Scaredy Chat. My name is Caitlin Riley. And I'm Monica Suryagi. And we're here to talk about the scary things that we saw as kids and how they stay with us and affect us well into adulthood. Like, the whole point of this is that the things that scare you when you're a kid are not leaving your brain. And we're here to talk all about it and work through some stuff with our friends. So my grandpa is probably one of the most creative, hilarious people that I know. And I don't think he listens to podcasts, so I'm not doing this for his benefit, I swear. But if you are listening, Poppy, you know that I love you. So when my mom was a kid, um, my grandpa like loved to prank people, but like would prank people in like absolutely scary ways. So one of the things that he did, and like I've heard the story a million times throughout my childhood, was when my mom and my aunt were little, they were told, I think my grandpa, I guess, told them that if you say like the Lord's Prayer backwards in a mirror, you can summon a demon. And I'm not sure why they thought this was a good idea, but I feel like Yeah, it seems right. I mean, let's not try it. But basically, so my mom and my aunt and her cousins are stand. They stand in front of this mirror in the house in front of a closet. So the mirror is like, like against the closet. So they're saying the Lord's prayer backwards, blah blah blah. And then once they get to the end, the closet door opens, and it's like my grandpa like jumps out and like terrifies them and they're screaming so that is just like one of the pranks that he did when he was when my mom was a kid but I feel like he's made me really want to be able to like prank someone in that epic of a way I hate when pranks happen to me but I've always kind of secretly wanted to be able to scare someone like that badly in a completely like fun and not you know not like aggressive way just like oh it's not really a mongoose that's what I've always wanted. All right, everybody. I'm so excited about our guest today. We have the winner of Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 2, creator of the digital drag show on Twitch, the bitch of Twitch, if you will, my friend, the fabulous Bitch Pudding. Hi, it's me. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, dear earbuds. Hello. Yeah. So. <laughs> what's good? Yeah, what's good? <laughs> Welcome to Scaredy Chat. Thank you so much for appearing here. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's definitely up my alley, you know, spook. Why don't you introduce yourself? Like, what are what are you doing? What have you been up to in this uh, pandemic? <laughs> so in the, in the panorama that we've been in, <laughs> um, uh, our whole industry, for those who don't know, I'm a drag queen and we are drag artists, perform in nightclubs and bars. Sure, we get video gigs and stuff like that, but mostly it's more of a physical art form. And uh, when the panorama hit, we weren't able to um, perform in those bases. So literally out of frustration and seeing like regardless if you won RuPaul's Drag Race or if you were Susie Q host Bingo down the street, every one of my friends that I saw and colleagues saw, I saw on my social media as soon as the pan- pandemic hit, I saw them post their Venmo's cash app and PayPal's and they were like, I'm without work with foreseeable future. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, yo, we can still do what we want. And Drag, drag artists and the most like crafty people, I think, in the whole universe. And I literally out of like 
frustration was cussing out my roommate like what are we gonna do now digital drag and then she was like that sounds like a great idea so then we like casted the whole show um announced it on monday within tuesday we were in paper mag rolling stone wanted to write an article wall street journal featured it. like it like kind of exploded overnight and we didn't know how to technically do it we figured it out on wednesday night how to do that <laughs> and then we had a whole smorgasbord of people perform live 30 entertainers for the first show live around the world so that was kind of gaggy uh, since then we've done to more pre-recorded and live content um and we're about we've we were weekly for about i think 20 shows and then that got to be a little bit much because i thought uh, i realized it was going to be a marathon instead of a sprint this pandemic so now <laughs> we are yeah. now down to once a month um but i stream a lot on twitch i play fighting games i'm a huge nerd and if you guys haven't checked about blade brothers dragula you can check it out on netflix to see uh, me kick some butt if you don't know what dragula is it's like if you took drag mixed with um Fear Factor, your favorite B-horror movie, and, you know, just a bunch of camp. And uh, instead of lip-syncing for our lives, we have to fight for our lives in extermination challenges. So, like, shoot paintball guns at each other, fight each other in a Thunderdome, eat weird shit, get pierced by needles. It's kind of fucking crazy, and uh, it's super fun if you guys want to check that out. So later on in this episode, we have um, a couple of questions for you, chill Ooh. or chilling. So... Chill means, you know, you're all good with doing something and chill means too scary, you can't. And I feel like I don't think I I try to make it a little harder than usual because I know you've done literally every gross thing that can be done. So I tried to, but I still don't think I pushed it far enough. So I think it's all going to be too easy for you. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I read the list because Monica made the list and I was like, hey, I would do none of these things. And I was like, I think bitch would do all of them without us. It's like a Sunday morning for me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see when we get there. But before that, please tell us about what scared you when you were a kid? I'm dying to know about your childhood fears that still stay with you. So I was a military brat. I grew up going, living on predominantly military bases up until I was about 12, maybe 11. So military bases, which is kind of like this little, like, you know, there's this own grocery store. It has its own, um, like, it's called the Naval Exchange, but it's like a little, like, you know, almost like a Macy's. And then there's like, Barbershop, like you don't really have to leave the base unless you're like going out to eat or something. Like it kind of is its own encompassing thing. And that's what, and it has its own pools, recreational systems. The neighborhoods are great. I can like run around and play with kids with swords and play, go to people's houses. And that's kind of how I discovered video games. Kind of, I, my uncle introduced them to me. And that's how I played Tekken, but I got introduced to a game at a friend's house. Um, we, were, we went from one house playing Pokemon Stadium to going to this other house where this older, kid like older brother of a sister was like playing this spooky game and we were hearing about it on the playground we're like so what's this shit and it was resident evil and (laughs) although looking back on it there's like a lot of camp in it like you know the jill sandwich like whole meme that's online but like for me like the slowly opening the door the like eerie music the zombie like the pixelated zombie was terrifying um and it was like honestly super spooky i kind of like i for me, horror and stuff that scares me is more in the audio than it is like an actual physical representation. Like, like or hearing something is more terrifying because your my mind is really creative. So I'll just like go like I can make that zombie look real as fuck if I can like believe it through sound, if that makes sense. Um, so that scared me a lot. Another thing that terrified me is a little bit more 
Um, it's a hard subject to talk about uh, because it's not something that, you know, I'm, I come from a very privileged background. I'm a white, I'm a white cis male. Um, I identify as non-binary, but I come from a very privileged background in the sense that my parents were in the military. We were in middle class. And by the time I was 12, we were able to afford a, we got a house outside of the base. So this is the first time we've like lived outside of the naval bases. And I moved around like every year, like we would constantly be in a different base every year. Um, so finally we were able to get a house and we were living in this pretty nice neighborhood. I went to a really nice school and uh, my mom would always rent blockbuster movies and stuff. And one time she rented this one called Hardball. Um, I haven't watched it recently, and I should probably for reference, but um, it's a movie basically about inner city kids that play baseball. And there's this scene in the movie where one of the kids is shot through gang violence. And to me, I've never been ex I was never exposed to that prior to that. And I think I had a whole culture shock about like this other facet of the world that I wasn't aware of. And I had black friends like, I, you know, there's black you know, people that serve in the military, there, there's like people of color that I knew, like, it's not like I didn't know racism exists or anything, but I just had no idea that was like a thing. And it terrified me. I, I could not believe that like something like a kid would die senseless to a gunshot um, really scared the living shit out of me more so than the zombie did I saw in the video game. And I literally could not sleep for two days straight. I just had this huge mind. I was like, what have I been sheltered? Like, it's kind of like, it's so weird to explain because it's like, you know, of course I was realizing privilege and like realizing how people are born into different sex, which I kind of got, I guess, but not to that extreme. And it's, it was really shocking for me. And it terrified me because I just was like, what? I was like, how? I didn't understand. And it was senseless violence and I didn't get it. Um, and it was from a movie about kids playing baseball, <laughs> you know, like it's something completely weird. And to me, I find the most scary things to be real, like not something that's like I, I like I can go through haunted houses and not even fucking flinch. Like I won Dragula, like that doesn't scare me. What's actually is terrifying is something that's like more rooted in reality. And um, that for sure scared the living shit out of me. That kind of makes sense because like, yeah, you have a career that's really built on a lack of fear of fear. <laughs> yeah. You know, like fear itself. <laughs> like you do some pretty spooky things and you some I mean, you also do like glam and you know, like yeah. fab, but you also do like horror. And mm -hmm. I think to be able to create, you know, because we do horror stuff too, and, and you know, on more on the behind the scenes side, but right. you kind of have to be able to embrace those parts of horror that can't really happen, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Like monsters and zombies, whatever. But it's the real stuff that's yeah. like actually really scary. And you yeah. also you touched on something that I think is interesting because you know for a while when we were growing up, um, there was a big emphasis put on how video games would like desensitize kids. Quote mm -hmm. unquote. Mortal Kombat. Speaking of the movies out right now, yeah, like Mortal Kombat was a big cursor to that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that you know they there's been studies that have kind of disproved that that mm -hmm. just because you play violent video games doesn't mean that violence in real life will won't affect you and i feel like this is such a almost like a perfect case study of that yeah that even though that wasn't real life it was you know obviously a little bit more realistic than like a resident evil and i yeah. think it's just interesting how i think we can kind of process stuff through horror and process stuff through fiction 
Um, but then once it kind of feels like it hits closer to home or hits closer to just the real world, then it's a different story. Yeah. yeah. Then it's actually very scary because it could mm-hmm. happen. It's real. Like, it's not just like, oh, dragons exist. No, I know dragons don't exist. I know this demon might not be real. I might get haunted by something. But like that tangibleness in reality, like definitely really was a shock to me. And it really like woke me the fuck up. And it definitely affected me for the rest of my life to kind of go there for a while to make sure that if I had a friend to make sure they felt comfortable or like try to be quote unquote woke but that's not even like an appropriate saying like I don't know I am a white person I shouldn't be like talking about this as like I it's sad of like that terrified me but it it just was a huge revelation for me to realize like that was a facet of life and I just was not exposed to it because of how I was like in the environment I was born in and um, also though like you know fear fear of death from senseless gun violence is yeah. totally valid in this country right. oh totally it right now <laughs> more so more people are getting shot every damn day but then we're like worried about some other shit but okay i do also want to talk about resident evil though because that's iconic that has scared millions and millions of people what was the (laughs) scariest part of the game for you um i think it was like each moment the anticipation because what they did because loading took forever so what they did disguise the loading screens instead of just being like a static image it would just be like a door slowly opening and the door would change depending on which part of the game you're in and you're like i don't know what's behind that door sometimes it's like a three-headed cerberus or sometimes it's just like you know an item like a green herb so you smoke that ganja and just get through the, the game or like you know sometimes it's like a horde of zombies sometimes it's a cutscene with like a random guy with poor voice acting you just didn't know it was like coming next and it was the anticipation with like the like you know just those sound effects really got me um but another video game that terrified me was uh one of my this is my favorite game of all time metal gear solid what is it called metal gear solid on the playstation one it starts like uh basically have to go in and destroy this like mech that can shoot nukes that's like the whole thing and you're like an espionage and it's like a whole spy movie but there's like certain bosses through the game and the bosses are like sickening like there's this woman named sniper wolf who just sits there and just like aims at you and she's like i don't know if she's russian or she's afghanistan but she's like fucking sickening and i love her and then she then there's like another boss named uh vulcan who like has a huge machine guy i think his name is raven anyway he's he's sick and he's like snakes don't belong in alaska and your code name is snake but there's this <laughs> one boss in there that is named psycho mantis and he has like bdsm stuff like honey he's queer and i was like oh <laughs> i don't know what's going on here but i know i'm a part of this family um was and, he the bad guy oh uh, yeah he was a bad guy and he had like a oh the gays are always evil look at any disney disney movie we're always like evil trying to kill the ingenue but this villain psycho mantis he had uh you had a controller this is back when like, we didn't have wireless controllers but it was like plugged into your system and he could read your mind because he has telepathy. That was like his power. So in order to defeat him, you had to unplug the controller and then like plug it into the other side so you couldn't read your mind. And like, it's just like, yo, like this, the way this game was designed, like showed me that gaming was an art form. Yeah. And that it could like really immerse you in that 4D's perspective where it like involves you. Like he would like vibrate your controller when you were talking with him just to fuck with you. He's like, I'm gonna just like brainwash your head. Like he was insane and sickening and queer and I loved him. And he was like terrifying, but at the same time I'm like, 
Yes. And I guess like that's how I kind of approach fear because we're always portrayed as those villains. Like, you know, him and Powerpuff Girls. He's like, yes, girls. He sticks his boot up out of the fucking bathtub and just feeling it. Like, uh, my brother was terrified. I just was like, oh, what's going on? (laughs) This is for me. I am here for this. Like, I am here. Um, So with like horror and stuff, I always kind of felt oddly safe. Um, Especially in that kind of realm. In the villains, I always wanted to be the villain because they always had better outfits and powers. Like, they were just always more and more, I thought, interesting than, like, Superman. Superman's boring. Like, he's invulnerable so to, boring, like, one yeah. thing. I'm like, so boring. can't relate. I like Batman because he has, like, grit to him. And, like, you know, like, Batman's villains are even more sickening and they're all, like, kind of crazy and queer themselves. You know, like, it's dope. But uh, with Resident Evil going back to it, yeah, like... That game terrified me. And I also had a kind of sister game that kind of came out together, but Resident Evil ended up becoming a franchise, but it was called Dino Crisis. Whoa, I've never heard of it. Same kind of game, same kind of thing, but instead of, like, zombies, they were, like, fucking T-Rexes and shit. Wait, like, it was literally dinosaurs. Yeah, but they were, like, like, horror monsters, dinosaurs. So it was kind of like Jurassic Park, but not really. But like it would just like, you know, you'd go into the facility and then all of a sudden there's like this crazy bloodthirsty T-Rex trying to shoot you or eat you and you have to shoot it. I was going to say, it's like it had a gun. Uh, I think <laughs> in the third one where they tried to bring it back on the GameCube, they had like rocket launchers on them. So like they mixed it up then and then, then the, the franchise never been heard for them again. But it was the same kind of sound. It was the same kind of vibe. And the game design kind of played to the horror because... Back then, like, they couldn't, like, shit wasn't just smooth. Like, it was just rigged and stuff. So, like, you trying to move your gun and walk was just, like, you moving slow in a horror movie because you're like, ah, I'm running. Like, you couldn't really. And you're like, why can't I go any faster? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that frustration added a layer to it. And then just that whole immersiveness really was terrifying. So do you feel like Resident Evil shaped how you see, like, zombies? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not scared of them at all. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like I think 28, 28 weeks later, definitely. Re- when I, I didn't watch it when I came out. I think if I did, it would have like seeped into me. But when I watched it later, I was like in life. I was like, oh, yeah, like zombies are fucking that was dumb bit. That's terrifying. You know, like that's crazy. I think for me, like zombies in terms of like, are they scary to me if they were coming after me? No. But becoming one is the scarier part. Really? I'm so flipped yeah. on that. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's like the the thought of trying to get away from them is very scary. Right. It was pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah, snakes are another fear I kind of have. Final awesome. Destination. Yeah. Like, yes, I watched. That's one of my favorite. That, that's my favorite Final Destination. <laughs> it has the best death. The tanning bed death <laughs> is the best death in a movie. It really is. And they're both like banging on the, the yeah. and even just smash cuts to their coffins. That is filmmaking. That, that is, is art. That is iconic. <laughs> also made by a queer person. The writer of it was queer. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> who's, who's the writer of three? It's not. I know. I think Jeffrey Reddick created the series, but I don't remember who the third writer is. But recently, um, my parents and I were coming back from lunch in Venice, where I had like six margaritas, um, and it was actually probably two. But I am a lightweight now. Um, and the, and the song "Roller Coaster of Love," which is what they play in Final Destination Three, mm-hmm. came on in the car, and so I like pretty fairly drunk. Um, started just explaining the plot of Final Destination 3 to my parents. And I was like, no, no, no. Oh my God, this song, this song. It's Ryan Merriman. Oh my God, yes. Luck of the Irish. 
He's only I crushed yeah. on him and the guy that also played into uh Million Dollar Cookoff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, who was that guy? He was really cute. Was cute. And then uh the thirteenth year. That's yeah. also Ryan. That oh no, that's a different. No, that's, that's the blonde. Kid. That's the blonde but, kid. That's a gay allegory movie. Watching it back, him oh, and he, him yeah. and his like his sissy, the nerd friend. I was like, they, they gay, gay, baby, they gay, and Xenon, of course, Xenon's like. Also, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Have you seen that one video of the dad who has the chainsaw massacre outfit on and the kids are all sleeping in the bed because they're terrified and he just activates the chainsaw in the bedroom and the kids like lose their mind and like eat shit getting out of the bed. It's really fucking funny. I think it was on America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, the ring scared the living mess about me until... I saw the beautiful parody that is Scary Movie 3. Yeah. Oh. Yes, I, I that movie is absolutely fucking hilarious. It, it I was is. actually really afraid of it when I first watched it because it was so similar to The Ring, which freaked me so much, like, freaked me out so badly. And the opening is so similar to Scary Movie 3's opening. Just more focused on the nipples. Of, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess more nipples. So more nipples. About that is the first That's the only difference. <laughs> it just shows you that you can find fear in literally anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. of all of these fears, which one do you feel like still affects you the most now as an adult? I think the one, that polarizing moment in Hardball definitely sticks with me to this day. Um, realizing my mom always tells me that, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes and like, you know, regardless of the situation, how you feel uh, like this one time I was really pissed that like, you know, it was like ring dance or prom or something. We had to pick up the tux and it took forever to pick up the tux. I already got measured. I already got the tux. I just had to pick it up. There was a line and a lot of people waited the last minute to get their stuff. And I got in the car with my mom afterwards and I was just was like so bad. I was like, I like ran into it for 30 minutes. Like, why did they wait the last minute? Da, 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 da. My mom goes quietly, just was listening to me, and she goes, you know, well, maybe their mom just got paid yesterday, and now they're able to afford their prom outfit. And that shut me the fuck on up. <laughs> you <a> wise mother. <laughs> you wise, wise mom. Head shot at me, like, across there. I was like, well, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that kind of, that, that, that moment really sticks with me in terms of, like, you know, going into the world, especially, I, I did come from that family, but, like, I also, when I moved to LA, I live above Skid Row. Like, I, I've had a really crazy life since then. And I kind of, you know, been queer, been like almost almost in Atlanta, like living here, like above Skid Row at a huge warehouse space and trying to make it work right after Dragula, not knowing if I was going to win or not. And it was just like, you know, I'm eating tuna salad at the corner store and, you know, Skid Row, bitch. Like, it's real. <laughs> like, um, I just think that moment, that polarizing moment of realizing that no matter where you are in life, there is something else that can be, it, it can, it's a dime, like fate of the cards could be with anything. And I think that really opened my eyes to that, especially. And then the gun violence aspect of it. Like I just didn't think like a random gun going off, killed a child really stuck with me to this day. And probably will continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's on the news all the time now. I just don't understand the fact that This country i love, I love america's great <laughs> <laughs> you know we're, we're with you <laughs> i can get married okay you know i could say i can get married that's not something i never thought i could give in my lifetime so that yeah this some 
whatever. Hi, this is great. So that's, <laughs> that's something that scared me and it still sticks with me to this day. Yes. And that's the whole point to hash out mm-hmm. your fears and just, you know, talk to it with, talk about it with some people that you don't usually talk about your fears with. We're cheaper right. than therapy. So we'll just take it in, you know, we live. Well, if you're ready, I think we can play chill or chilling. I am ready. Amazing. All right. I'll give you our first one. So you just, you know, quick rules again. Chill is like, yeah, I would do that. Chilling is no, I would not do that. Too scary. Pass. Okay. All right. First one. Spicy food. How spicy are we talking? (laughs) We're talking like, like real India where we're in India. Ooh, I can't handle that chilling. I can't (laughs) handle spicy shit. I can't. So that's another thing for spicy food for me. I think I can handle it if I'm not like inhaling and I always inhale food. It's just something I do. So I think that has a lot to do with it too. Does that mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So chilling. Yeah. I can't handle it. Chilling. We're a pass on the spicy food for now. For For now. now. Yeah. For now. I'm trying trying to to make it spicier. I'm trying. (laughs) Okay. Caitlin, you want to give us the next one? Yes. Um, The next one is going without internet for a month. And I know my answer on this. So... Is my bills paying? Because that's how I pay my money right now. On you don't have to so. use <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, actually, that would be so terrible for you. Yeah, my money. let's say that you don't have to worry about money. It's paid. You're good. Do I still have access to video games? Just not online play. None that are online. Yeah, you cannot connect to the internet. Oh, like fine. I could do a month. I could do okay. a month. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. So you're chill. If I'm around friends. If I'm not isolated. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could do yeah. it. I could do yeah. it. All right. Chill, so, chill. I could do it. Yeah. Chill, cool. I mean, yeah, it's like, we're not like throwing you on an island. It's just no internet. Yeah, you're yeah, good. Right. Chill. All right. Our next one. Being in a Freddy Krueger movie. As chill. one of the, the people you're, he is hunting. I, I, Wait, are I, you in it? Are you in it or are you an actor? I want to die in a horror movie like it's like goal for me like i want bitch pudding or me to die in a horror like i would love to be a final girl but when this was written though do we mean that it's i mean mm. one i don't even bitch didn't even need the context she was just like chill yeah, yeah. right it's fine whatever right if it's real i'm fucking up freddy krueger let's go okay let's go he is terrifying he is like honestly out of all the killers other than it I think he's the most terrifying out of all the classic, like, you know, yeah, because he's like, it looks like your dreams. Yeah. And like, like yeah. And he slashes you in your and dreams. Nightmare on Elm Street, Trues, Queer as Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Freddy's down. GTF. I would, yeah, let's go. Chill. Let's go. Hell yeah. It. And you, you have one final girl under your belt, which makes the odds <laughs> of doing it again even higher. Right. I'm ready yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Amazing. Oh, getting a snail facial. What's a snail facial? It's when they crawl all over your face to like give you good skin. Wait, why don't they just use the serum? No, it's you, fresher. It's it, real. Skin. Is this a real thing, Monica? It's real. Thing. It's horrible. It's real. I'm gonna say no. It sounds know. disgusting. It sounds um, but if I had to do it, like, yeah, I'd chill. How, it's, it's good for your skin. I swallowed <laughs> mop water for ten thousand dollars, so like, I think I could handle snails in my face. Sorry, I just so. made it very again. So that is the stuff. Fear factor, I always was like, I could do pretty much all the other times. I chose to do it. Yeah. Like, it was part of my filth challenge on the show. I was a gross janitor. 
Nice. We, in the finale, you have to represent filth, glamour, and horror in three tropes. So for filth for me, that was like where I resonate in the out of all three. That's like, I'm like, I'm filthy as fuck. Let's go. <laughs> um, so I was a janitor and I kept making the mop water gross. And the mop water was like all real. It was the mop at the venue at the Globe Theater. The mop oh, was like no. in the bucket. The plunger was the one we used at the communal hotel room. The hair, like I added shower. It was, yeah. I, I, I solidified myself alongside, I feel like, in the realm of divine in terms of filthiness. Did you get moment. Did you get sick after? No. Wow. Oh, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of I did have an antibiotic. Like, I had, like, <laughs> saved... I saved antibiotics from, like, a mouth surgery I had a couple of months before. So like, I, took I, one, I took one of those, and I took Airborne, like, for the next three days, and I was fine. So this is our last one. Biting Ooh. your celebrity crush's toenails. I feel like you're good with this. I don't like feet. No, I I would, we found it. I, we found would, the thing. I would do it because if that's what they're into and it means I could um, consensually fornicate with them. Right. Yes. Okay. Wow. So do you have a celebrity so. crush in mind when you say that? Um, yeah. Celebrity crush and then picture you biting their toenails. And this is like, like here, let me, let me really explain this. So you're biting their, <laughs> you're biting their toenails because they're too long and you are trimming them with your teeth. Oh my Why don't I have a utensil to trim them. There's with? no, there's no way. There's no alternative. Do they love me back? Yes. Oh. Okay. They like you though. Okay. <laughs> and you have to tell us who you're envisioning. Who is hard because when it comes to like main stage stars, there's not one that sticks out to me. But the two that like kind of like I my queer awakening was one was McSteamy. Okay. Oh, the guy. Yeah. What's his name? Eric Danes. Yeah. <laughs> he probably has okay feet. Yeah. Um, and Daniel, this is like not my ideal because I could name like, you know, porn stars are like my friends that cosplay. I'm like, oh, this is like, yeah. This is but like, this is like talking and like, you know, superstar to him, I guess. Uh, uh, da- uh, Daniel Craig. Okay. Ooh. And then he has nice feet too. No, yeah. I think I feel like his feet are gross. <laughs> You're like, no, he's no, not. He's not sexual as hell as James Bond. I think they're cute. I, I, think, Maybe. I think they're fine. I think their feet are fine. Uh, well, either way, you have to bite his toenails off. Yeah, sorry. I don't if you love them, if you like, if it was the love of my life, sh- sure. And it's Daniel Craig. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll I, switch I, on I, I would do it. Like, what's going to happen to them? If this situation is like... Are the no, toenails clean? To Can I take alcohol to the toenail before going in? I feel like you have to just... It's like you just go for it. Like, they're taking their shoe off. They're taking their sock off. Oh, and it's you're a chilling. It. Chilling. No. Yeah. No. 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 Is it... If it was life or death, if I was threatened and had to film it for something right. and I would threaten the life, yes, I would. But if it was just like, hey, baby, I got a yeah. snack for you... No. Yeah, we don't have to make choices. Then I feel like I'm with you on that one. Well, thank you for coming on and talking. Thanks for having me. With us. So fun. Amazing. Thank you so much. Your love yeah, of course. is spooky and it's really great to chat with you. Is there anything that you want to pitch or any any where can they find you next? You can find me across all social media at B-I-Q-T-C-H-P-U-D-D-I-N. That's bitch pudding. The Q is silent, so don't forget the Q. Um, and I stream on Twitch multiple days a week. I play fighting games on there. If you guys want to come on and play that, I also play spooky games like Dead by Daylight or the new Resident Evil 8 that's dropping 
literally any day now. I think it's like next month it comes out. Anyway, I'm really excited for it. There's like a seven, nine foot tall woman witch and uh, the internet just wants her to step on their throat. Like she's obsessed. <laughs> like she's an icon. Like she's a meme and she's an icon legend. Well, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Do I hit stop recording? Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. We know you loved this episode and you love that feeling of being scared. So make sure you share this podcast with at least one other person that you want to be scared with. And make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and rate and review and share it so everybody you were scared with as a kid can be scared with you now. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And hey, if you have a scary story that you want the world to hear, email it to us. Send it to us at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Security Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suryagi. Produced by Jeff Swimmer. Editing and sound design by Fitz Harris. Theme music by Eric Fashingbauer with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz. And Gail Gilman is the executive producer. <laughs> <laughs>